Welcome back. What a day to be a Giants fan. First playoff appearance since 2016. The Vikings lose, the Niners win in a very close game, and the Giants right now are slated to play the Vikings in the playoffs at Minnesota. Now, no disrespect to Minnesota, I would much rather play them than the 49ers, and I think every Giants fan agrees with that, but so many positives with this football team. You know, of course, winning is great and all, but I wanted to see the Giants win this game by a lot. And usually the Giants win these close games and, you know, they win in the fourth quarter. They bring you down to the fourth quarter. They win on a game-winning field goal, things like that. They've been clutch in clutch situations this year. But this game, they win 38-10. to And you knew at halftime this game was over. The Giants were up 24-3 to at halftime. The Colts had nothing going offensively whatsoever. And the one time they did, Jeff Saturday kicked the field goal in, like, the worst spot possible. But it's crazy how far that this team has, you know, come from last year to this year. Like, just go back to exactly a year ago when they were still employing Joe Judge and, you know, Dave Gettleman was still here and the Giants were... I don't know, like a three or four win team at this time last year. And then Joe Judge around this time was on the podium after the Bears game, making an ass out of himself. And now, you know, we have Brian Dable, we bring in Joe Shane, and the entire organization just feels so much different. Great coordinators, you know, um, Kafka had a great game today, in my opinion, and Daniel Jones is playing the best football of his career. Don Martindale, with even some of the injuries he's dealt with this year, is still putting together a very good defense, in my opinion, for the Giants. I mean, I know they played a pretty bad opponent today, but still, 10 points is pretty damn impressive. So, so much has turned around for this Giants organization. And I tweeted this yesterday, not to like, you know, kind of, uh, not to make the playoff appearance seem not important because it is, especially for a young team. But the most important thing for the Giants from this past year, in my opinion, was getting the right guys at head coach and GM. I have a lot of confidence in our GM and head coach going forward. And that's the most important thing. I think as Giants fans, we know how a GM and a head coach that are not very good at their jobs can set you back for years. And we saw what happened with the coaches after Tom Coughlin up until now. And we saw what happened at the tail end of Jerry Reese's career. And then, of course, the Dave Gettleman era. That was not very good. But now the Giants seem to have the right guys in place. And the future of the Giants is very exciting and even more exciting now because their quarterback actually looks pretty damn good. I mean, Daniel Jones, as much as I criticize him and want more out of him, he is giving me more. And I love what I'm seeing the past couple weeks here. We'll see what it you know, transpires into the next couple weeks, especially the playoff game. But I would say for this game, even last week, Daniel Jones has played pretty much perfect football. You can't ask for much more. So hopefully it continues this way. Of course, we'll talk about today's game, but we'll talk about the future, the playoffs, and like who they could play and things like that. Do the Giants rest their starters next week? We'll get on that topic. But I hope you guys enjoy the video. Leave a like, always helps out. Subscribe to the podcast and let's get into it. So the Giants, they actually put up over 30 points for the first time, I believe, since like the 2020 season. And uh, of course, that's been a very long time. The Giants have not touched 30 in a long time. So it's great to be there. And um, they almost dropped 40, which would have been pretty spectacular. But I think at the end, they kind of took their foot off the gas pedal. Tyrod came in, started heading off the ball to like Gary Brightwell. So they weren't trying for 40, but I feel like they could have got it if they kept the starters back out there. But we'll take 38 just to get over 30. It feels pretty damn good. So offensively, though, for Daniel Jones, 19 of 24, 188 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. 
He had some great runs, 11, run, 11 rushing attempts, 91 yards, and two touchdowns. So four touchdowns total for Daniel Jones and no turnovers. I would call that pretty much a perfect game. I would say the receivers played well, maybe except for Slayton, who did have a fumble. I don't, I don't think Slayton had a big game like statistics-wise. Two catches for 14 yards and a lost fumble, so not the best game from him, of course. But even Richie James, Isaiah Hodgins, I think Daniel Bellinger had a very nice contested catch for a first down. James and Hodgins, of course, found the end zone. So I know we criticize, you know, Daniel Jones's receivers a lot, and it, it makes sense, obviously, based on the name value there. But I think those guys played well. Even Hodgins caught a tough slant pass today, and Richie James finds ways to get open, and he makes stuff happen. So I know we had the rough game this year in Seattle, but aside from that, he's been pretty damn good, honestly, for Richie James standards. The offensive line held up about as well as you could. No sacks for Daniel Jones. I don't think he was even touched much in this game. Of course, Andrew Thomas was great in this game. I think on the last Daniel Jones touchdown, the running play to the left, um, he like pancaked the guy. I don't know who it was on the Colts, but he like pancaked the guy. It was great. So Andrew Thomas, awesome game. Um, but the offensive line had a great game overall. And the play calling from Mike Kafka, it seemed like it was really good. Yeah, guys in motion, Daniel Jones doing those bootlegs to the left and just you know, just finding open areas in the zone. I think that was a big part of the Giants receivers as well. Just finding like even the, I think it was the Richie James touchdown. Like he just found an open spot in the zone or maybe it was Hodgins. I forget now, but one of those guys, you know, they sat down in the zone, Jones fires it in there and it's just a quick seven points. So even things like that, it wasn't like the, the most complex offensive game plan, obviously when you're playing a team like this, but it got the job done. Like I, of course, I would have taken the win, but I didn't want to win this game like 20 to 16 or like 13 to 10. Like to put up 38 and knowing this team can do that, even though it is the Colts, I, I do like seeing that because like, you know, now, hey, this team can score. And if you look at last week's game when they put up, I think 24, right? I think in Minnesota it was 27, 24, we lost. So 24 and 38 points in back-to-back -back weeks, you know, the offense is cooking. Now, I guess the offense did technically put up 31 in this game, and we'll get to that later, of course, talking about Landon Collins. But, um, yeah, I mean, 31 from the offense, I'll, I'll take it. Trust me. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the offense was really good today. I really have no complaints whatsoever. It was not a big Saquon Barkley day. He had 12 carries for 58 yards, 4.8 a carry. But uh, even Matt Breda, 9 carries for 59 yards, 6.6 .6 per carry. Some of that was later in the fourth quarter in garbage time as well. But Daniel Jones was the highlight and the main show on offense today the 91 rushing yards you know of course having a really efficient passing day 125 quarterback rating so all the credit to dj for his game today and i do want to say like i think daniel jones at this point now i've been trying to I, as I always try to do on this channel, I try to look at things from like, how will Joe Shane and the Giants front office look at this? I know sometimes as fans, our emotions get caught up into it and things like that. And I was saying a few weeks ago, hey, I could still see a scenario where Joe Shane and Brian Dable want their quarterback. I mean, Jones was winning, but you know, I don't want to say it was in spite of Jones. He's been playing well this year, but like, I feel like up until the past couple weeks, Daniel Jones was just doing what the offense asked of him to do. Now though, he's playing at a much higher level. So I do think after what we've seen the past couple weeks and how this team is gelling right now, at this point, I do think Jones is back in 2023. So I did, I have made that conclusion finally that I do think he'll be back next year. I don't think it'll be a long-term contract, obviously. It's going to be more of like a prove-it deal, maybe a two-, three-year deal, but you can get out after one year. So something like that. But at least next year, Jones will have a chance and hopefully have a better receiving core around him and guys stay healthy, hopefully get Wandell Robinson back halfway through the year and things like that. So I just I think based on what you've seen in the Minnesota game and today, and of course the entire season to a degree, um, I think Jones has at least you know earned another year. And I do think that Brian Dable probably likes the growth he's seeing in Daniel Jones. And at this point, 
it's like, why not? I mean, of course, I would love to have a guy who's a no doubt top 10 quarterback, but you know, the Giants are not in that position. They're going to be a wild card team, and hopefully they do win a playoff game or two or win the whole damn thing somehow. But, um, you know, obviously you could trade up in the draft, but is there a no-doubt draft prospect that Joe Shane might love this year? We don't know that. So I think chances are right now that Jones is back for next year, and I'm fine with that, honestly. Like I know I, I come off as the Jones hater. I get it. But I think from what he's shown the past couple of weeks, he has shown growth. And I think if he, you know, if you can add a couple of receivers here and he gets into year two of the system, because of course, going from year one in the system to year two in a system, it gets a lot easier. So I do think we can see the best, hopefully, of Daniel Jones next year. So of course, he has to be healthy and his receivers have to be healthy and things like that. You hope the offensive line can improve overall, especially the interior. But I would like to see what he can do with a, a fair chance next year. So hopefully we get that. But um, as I've said before, Joe Shane has my trust and whatever he decides to do, it's like, it's whatever. If they move on from him or whether they keep him, like I'm cool with it. I, I trust Joe Shane at this point. He gives me no reason not to. So that's what I have to say about that. So that's pretty much it for the offense. There's really not much else to say. I mean, the Colts are, they're a pathetic team. Let's be honest. So, I mean, um, and that's why I said in the preview video, I know you guys like, I know all you guys don't watch the preview videos, but like, that's why I don't like to do the whole like preseason run down the schedule and do like the wins losses. Like I've done that before. Of course, as a content creator, you kind of fall into that trap sometimes, but you know, in the preseason, you look at some matchups and you're like, oh, that's a win. That's a loss. That's a win. And I think before the year, a lot of us looked at the Colts and we're like, oh, that's a loss because I think a lot of people expected the Giants to be bad this year. And the Giants were like a seven win team, according to Vegas and things like that. So, you know, I looked at the Colts game and I'm like, oh, the Colts, they should be fine. I figured they would win the AFC South this year, but they have been just god awful. So you look at it now a few months later and yeah, the Giants were favorites by like five, six points for a reason. And they definitely took care of business in this game. The Giants' defense, uh, it was a good effort, definitely. I mean, they had a, a Sam Ellinger in there in the second half. Nick Foles got knocked out of the game. I'm sure some people will make comments about what Kayvon Thibodeau did. Um, yeah, look, if you didn't watch the game, he he sacked Nick Foles, and Nick Foles was kind of laying there, obviously in pain, pretty injured, and Kayvon Thibodeau was doing snow angels next to him. Now, some people will say that Kayvon didn't see him. I do think he saw him, but like... I'm also not that mad at Kayvon. I, look, I, I get sportsmanship's a big thing and all that. I get it. But I don't think he was like going out of his way to mock Nick Foles. It was more like, hey, I got a sack. I'm a rookie. I'm excited. My team's playing in a huge game. The crowd is all like, you know, going crazy. Like I... I'm going to celebrate. And I don't, even, I don't even think he like noticed really. Like, I don't even think it went through his mind that like, oh, crap, this guy might be really injured. So, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I don't really, I'm not too mad about that. I, I do feel bad for Nick Foles, but like, hopefully he's fine. I just don't think it's like as big of a deal as people are making it. But sometimes people overreact. Landon Collins. This was awesome to see because, you know, my best days as a Giants fan. I mean, you know, some of those do involve Landon Collins, obviously, like, you know, the 2007, 2011 seasons, that definitely takes the cake for me. But even the Landon Collins days in like 2016, and even a little before that, but seeing Landon get a pick six in a game where the Giants clinched a playoff berth for the first time since Landon has been here. And remember, if you're a Giants fan going back to 2016, which I'm sure a lot of you were, Landon Collins was legitimately a defensive player of the year candidate for the entire NFL, not just the Giants. So Landon was awesome that year, and he was a massive part of that defense. So to see him 
get that pick six. And Landon was never a big interception guy. I mean, he, he's had his moments. He had that game in London where he had the two pick sixes. But, like, I don't know. Landon, in my opinion, just wasn't, like, a huge interception guy. He did have that one season, though, in 2016, so I'll give him that. But he's always been more of, like, an in-the-box type guy, so not really, like, your pick six type of safety. But to see him jump that route, it was a terrible throw. It should have been towards the sideline. He threw it to inside. But Landon made the catch, took it back for six, and that really opened up the game. I think it made it 21-3 to at that point, I'm pretty sure, maybe 24-3. to So to see Landon Collins, the guy who was on this roster the last time this team went to the playoffs and then pretty much put, make the play to put the icing on the cake to get them in the playoffs today, it was a great thing to see. So I was very happy about that. Definitely love having Landon Collins back. Xavier McKinney returned. I mean, I don't think he was too noticeable outside of that one play where Paris Campbell caught the 49-yard catch over him, but that was just a great catch, so nothing you could do there. Um, I guess McKinney, he did have the second most tackles on the team with seven combined, but I didn't really notice him that much. I don't know why. He didn't make any like huge plays, but he was there, so it was great to see him back out there. Um, I know in the preview video, I went over that quote how Brian Dable said that McKinney probably won't play, but that was a lie. He played in that game, so great to See McKinney back just in time for the playoffs. Kayvon Thibodeau, two tackles for loss, had the sack, as I mentioned, so he continues to look awesome. Jeff Saturday. Um, I kind of want to go into the situation here of like what was going on in the game at that time because Jeff Saturday, there's probably no shot he's the coach there next year, but the fact that he kicked a field goal in that situation was pretty embarrassing. It was very early on. It was a 0-0 game, and for some reason... On a fourth and one on the Giants' five-yard line in the end of the first quarter, 0-0 game, Jeff Saturday decides to kick a field goal when his team was 4-10-1. And, And like, I just don't get it. Like, you're a guy who most likely won't be the coach there next year unless they're that crazy, but you never know with the Colts. Um, And you decide to kick a field goal when you're, like, what, six-point underdogs? Like, I, I don't get that logic whatsoever. I know he probably knows football better than I'll ever know but like it just that made no sense to me like dude you you are literally at fourth and inches on your opponent's five yard line in the first quarter go for it like what are you doing so they got the three points but that was it so before he knew it he was down 24 to 3 so just a just a gift honestly from Jeff Saturday to not go for it there on fourth and inches as I mentioned Nick Foles got knocked out of the game he didn't look that great anyway but you also had uh, Sam Ellinger come in Matt Ryan was inactive so no Matt Ryan today but uh, yeah the Giants defense was really good in this game as expected obviously and the Giants offense which of course is usually the uh, concerning part about this team they were able to put up 31 offensive points. So, you know, they're looking really good. The receivers are making plays. Jones is putting the ball in the right spot, making plays with his legs. And even Jones had some off-script runs. He had some really nice runs like that were not designed. So that was great to see. But um, in general now, some of the general notes for the Giants going forward. So it's their first playoff berth since 2016. I don't want to talk about what happened when they made the playoffs that year because that game still kind of pisses me off. You know, Bobby Rainey. I mean, if you guys know what you're, if you guys know what I'm talking about with Bobby Rainey, let me know in the comments because I still can't get over how stupid that play was. Um, if the season ended today, so yeah, some big things happened. I kind of mentioned this in the intro, but the Vikings coming into this were or coming into today were the two seed and the Niners were the three seed. And as I said, I think every Giants fan can agree, especially for how well the Giants matched up against the Vikings last week 
We want to play the Vikings. We don't want to play the Niners in the first round because that is a much harder matchup, especially on the road. And this would be at Minnesota too, but I feel like the the Giants and Vikings, it's a much more like winnable matchup for the Giants, in my opinion. They just lost by three to them in a game where they had plenty of mistakes. So right now, based on the Vikings losing to the Packers, and by the way, the Packers might make the playoffs, which is crazy, but based on them losing to the Packers and the Niners winning against the Raiders in overtime, Jarrett Stidham almost beat them somehow, but after that, the Niners now have the two seed in the NFC and the Vikings have the three seed. So the Giants right now as the sixth seed would be slated to play the Vikings if things stay the same as they are right now, which hopefully is the case. Now, week 18, week 18, right? Yeah, week 18, it gets crazy. People, you know, coaches bench starters and crazy stuff happens. There's just, you know, there's a reason people end their fantasy football seasons today and not next week. So um, yeah, you never know who's going to play during those last weeks. But yeah, I mean, the Giants hopefully will play at Minnesota, but you don't want to run from an opponent. Obviously, if they have to play San Francisco, it is what it is. You go there, you try and win the game. You know what I mean? That's pretty much it. But if it's San Francisco, you're playing in a dome. We saw what Daniel Jones was able to do that to that passing defense a couple weeks ago. He looked very good. So if they can play that style of game and not make the same mistakes, then I think the Giants have a chance to win at Minnesota. So the Giants hopefully can get themselves a playoff victory to start things out in the wild card round. Now, as for next week, I don't think the Giants have to win. I mean, they, of course, clinched a playoff spot, as we know now. Like, I'm trying to think, can their playoff seed even change at this point? So you have Seattle, who is 8-8 eight and eight now. The Giants are 9-6-1. and one. So even if the Giants lost, they'd be 9-7-1, and one, and Seattle would be 9-8. and eight. So the Giants would still be ahead of them. So yeah, the Giants don't have to play anybody next week. And Dallas, who's the fifth seed in front of the Giants, they have 12 wins and hold the tiebreaker. So the Giants are locked in to the sixth seed. So... The Giants really have no reason to play their starters next week. I mean, they might. I don't know how Brian Deal was going to go about this. And I do believe that he had a quote with Jordan Ron on. I think Jordan asked him a question about does he plan the rest of starters and I think Brian Dable basically said, like, I'm going to go home and enjoy time with my family and we'll think about that later. So, you know, not a yes or no, but it's up for uh, speculation now. I would say that, like, there's a chance. I think there is definitely a chance that the Giants do decide to, you know, kind of rest some of their main guys and, you know, maybe just give Tyrod a start, give Gary Brightwell the start. Like, guys that have put in a lot of work this year and, and definitely played a lot this year, like Daniel Jones, like Saquon Barkley, um, like Dexter Lawrence, guys like that that have been there the entire year, haven't missed games, and the guys that are very important for a ho hopefully what is a long playoff run, give those guys the week off. I mean, losing this game, it does nothing technically you're still going to be in the same spot in the playoffs and you know the rest of it's up to the rest of the league so you know I, I don't think the Giants really gain anything from playing guys next week but you know maybe Brian Dable believes in momentum and not taking weeks off I don't know it's it depends how he wants to do it but we've seen already a time this year where the Giants unnecessarily put a player in danger when they didn't need to which was a Dory Jackson returning punts and we saw how that went so Let's hypothetically say Saquon Barkley sprains his ankle next week in a game where it doesn't really matter if they win or lose. That's going to be a bad look. So in my opinion, I think I'd rather just have these guys sit next week and make sure nothing bad happens. But I guess if Dable decides to go out there and try to beat Philly, it wouldn't be the worst thing either. And I do think Philly having lost today 
have they do have a chance to surrender the first seed because the Vikings actually the Vikings don't even count because the Vikings already lost to the Eagles this year but the Cowboys and the uh, 49ers are within a game of Philadelphia so if the Eagles lose and I think those two teams win there's a chance Philly gets knocked out of the first seed but at that point it's like you're worrying more about Philly than your actual team yourself you know what I mean like the Giants should not worry about what's going on in Philly the Giants should be worried about what's going on with the Giants. Like, I don't even care if Philly gets the first seed or not. It doesn't bother me. So I'm pretty sure Brian Dable doesn't care either. It's all about the Giants as a football team. But as you, as I said, you never know how they'll go about this. But yeah, it was a it's a great day to be a Giants fan. And um, they'll be at Philly next week, one o'clock game. I don't know what's going to happen or what the spread's going to be. I can try and look real quick and see if they have anything up there because you know, they don't know who's going to play right now. So I kind of doubt there's an advanced line on this game. Uh, oh, they're, oh man. Yeah. The Giants are definitely benching their starters. I mean, you guys can try and guess right now what the spread is in this game. And it's a lot. The Giants right now are a plus 14 at Philadelphia next week. If that doesn't give you a hint about what Brian Dable plans to do, and not, not even Brian Dable, but what Vegas expects the Giants to do next week, you probably ain't going to see many starters, if at all, next week. So, yeah, plus 14 underdogs against the Eagles. So, yeah, um, seems like Brian Dable and the Giants will, you know, go in the direction that I want them to go and not not play their starters unnecessarily. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you never know. You got to play the game, even though it's 14-point underdogs. Maybe Tyrod goes out there and has hell of a game, but I don't know. It doesn't really matter, but just stay healthy, guys, and that's pretty much it. But anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed this video. I will talk to you guys for the Eagles preview, and we'll find out by then probably who's playing in that game and who's not playing in this game. I'll have the Week 17 NFL reaction out tomorrow. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Hope you guys enjoyed the video. Congrats on the playoffs. We deserve this. We've been through years of crap, and we're finally here. So hopefully it results in a nice playoff run and at least get a playoff win out of this. But even if not, even if the Giants happen to go to Minnesota or San Francisco and they lose by two touchdowns, I'm still going to come away from this season saying, hey, it was a wonderful season. It was a successful season. This team was not supposed to go anywhere. So to even get there, I'm happy. So it's like it's a you can't lose type situation here. But obviously you do want to try and make a nice playoff run here because, you know, that would be the best case scenario. But anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed this video and I will talk to you guys next time.